They are not known by number, but by characteristics. So you apply the criteria, and then you will find out that whether that sin is a major sin or a minor sin. Plus, you have to bear in mind the saying of the scholars. They said, لا كبيرة مع استغفار ولا صغيرة مع إصرار No sin is major as long as you ask forgiveness. And no sin is minor if you insist doing that, doing it. You insist in doing that and persist. Then that minor sin might become what? A major sin. So sins are classified into two categories. Major sins and minor sins. Also, sins either against Allah or against brotherhood, or against humanity. Whether this is against Allah Azza wa Jal, or it's against your brothers, or it's against human beings in general. Sins against Allah unknown. The sins against Muslims also should not sin or you should not uh, uh, commit a sin uh, which will violate the sacredness of any Muslim or a sin against any human being. That's why we are not allowed, for instance, in the hadith, those uh, who defecate themselves under the tree that bear fruit in public places. No? Or on the main roads or something like that. Because this is going to uh, disturb the, the bypasses. So that is, whether that person is a Muslim or non-Muslim. These are rights common. So you should not uh, violate these rights. And of course we have to uh, know our open enemy. And that's the shaitan as you know. But the Prophet ﷺ said, Verily, shaitan travels through the body like blood. <coughs> the topic, as you know, brothers, is a vast topic, so we'll delve into the things. What are the things? Okay, now you. He told us about the sins. Okay, tell us what are the things that we should do so to uh, clear the record. Allah says one of the daily, daily, what I can say, I put it like a detergent to use to remove the dirt is the salah. Okay, you know, mentioned in the hadith. The Prophet ﷺ said, what do you think if a person has a river passing in front of his home and he dips himself in this river five times a day? Would there be any dirt remaining in his body? No way. No way. So he said, the Prophet ﷺ, this is the likeness of the Salah. The five players, they wash away your, your daily sins. 
Allah says, وَأَقِمُ الصَّلَاةِ الصَّلَاةَ طَرَفَيِّ النَّهَارُ وَزُلْفًا مِنَ اللَّيْلِ إِنَّ الْحَسَنَاتِ يُذْهِبْنَ السَّيِّئَاتِ ذَلِكَ ذِكْرًا لِلْذَّاكِرِينَ And establish regular prayers at the two ends of the day and at the approaches of the night. For those things that are good, remove those that are evil. So the good deeds, they remove the bad ones. Be that the word of remembrance to those who remember Allah. Also Allah says, اِدْفَعْ بِالَّتِي هِيَ أَحْسَنِ السَّيِّئَةِ نَحْنُ أَعْلَمُ بِمَا يَصْرِفُونَ Repel evil with that which is best. We are well acquainted with the things they say. This is in Surah Al-Mu'minun, that is Surah 23, Ayah 96. Also Allah says, in Surah Fussilat, that is Surah 41, Ayah 34. وَلَا تَسْتَوِي الْحَسَنَةُ وَلَا السَّيِّئَةِ اِدْفَعْ بِالَّتِي هِيَ أَحْسَنُ فَإِذَا الَّذِي بَيْنَكَ وَبَيْنَهُ عَدَاوَةٌ كَأَنَّهُ وَلِيٌّ حَمِيمٌ Which means, nor can goodness and evil be equal. That can never be equal. Repel evil with that which is better. If there is someone you have, an evil person, and he is a troublemaker, Try to be good to him. Okay. Treat him nicely, good to him. Don't try to provoke him. No. Peace, peace. So treat him nicely. Why? At least you trigger the seed of goodness inside him. Because human being has both goodness and, and evil. So good and evil exist within the person. So you don't provoke that person and make him angry. Just treat him peacefully and say peace. So you repel, for instance, the Prophet ﷺ, there was an evil man, troublemaker, everyone always asking Allah to save him from his evil. So, and he came to the household of the Prophet ﷺ, this person. And the Prophet ﷺ heard his voice, he said, what an evil person is this? Before he enters. And when he enters, the Prophet ﷺ welcomed him. He welcomed him and treated him nicely. Okay, I'm sure many of you are saying this is hip uh, hypocrisy. If this is hypocrisy, that's what the Prophet did. What do you think? Is this hypocrisy? Yeah, it's not hypocrisy. So the Prophet ﷺ received him well, welcomed him, told him, tell, told him have a seat, and then the man left. Aisha was astonished, surprised. She said, Oh Prophet of Allah, before he entered, you told us that what an evil person. And then we saw the way you treated him is opposite. Said Aisha, there are among the children of Adam, human beings, people, that we are obliged to treat them nicely to avoid the evil. We should treat them nicely to avoid their evil. Someone who's a troublemaker, he is looking for trouble. And when you see him, Salaamu Alaikum Akhi, how are you? Fine. Do you need any help? Sir? Thank you. Shukran. <coughs> Maybe if you pass by him like that, he will make trouble for you. Why didn't he say, give me Salaam? He's looking for trouble. 
So the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is commanding the Muslims No can goodness and evil be equal Repel evil with what is better Then will be between you Between whom and you Was hatred become as it to if It were the, your friend and intimate What does it mean? Allah is saying That by just rebelling the evil That person whom you were having ha- uh, hatred and whom you used to hate, maybe he would, that person would become what? A close one to your heart. Though you were hating him before. So that's why we repel evil with goodness. Also, prayer on time. Among the expiators. Now I'm mentioning expiators, brothers. Pray on time. In the masjid. That also wipes away the sins. Also, istighfar. Asking Allah's forgiveness. For the believers, Allah will forgive you. You know, when you say, Oh Allah, forgive my brother so and so. Oh Allah, forg-, and you mention them. One of the salaf, he has a long list. Long list of his brothers. And every night he will get up and light the lantern, you know, lantern, olden days. Okay? And he would light the lantern and he would mention them. Oh Allah, forgive my brother so and so. Until he finishes them. Imam Ahmad told the son of Imam Shafi'i, Your father, for the last years of my life after I met your father, is one of those in my list. So Imam Ahmad has a list for those who are very close. Okay, the VIBs, okay? Okay, those who are very close. And imagine the close friends of Imam Ahmad, Yahya ibn Ma'in, Imam Shafi'i, those, his, huh? his close friends. So he said, he is one of those whom I pray for them every night. So this uh, scholar, Every night he gets up and lights the put on the light and pray for them. One night he felt lazy and he didn't get up. So he heard someone in the dream telling him, Why you didn't light your lantern tonight? Why you didn't get up and pray for your brothers tonight? Because when you say, Allahumma li akhi fulan, Oh Allah forgive my brother so and so, an angel says, Amin, and you, you too, your sins are forgiven. So you have an angel who is saying, Amin, and you too, your sins are forgiven. So the more you ask forgiveness for the believers, the more your sins will be forgiven. Are we doing that? Sometimes. Okay? So always ask forgiveness for your brothers. Also, Umrah. The Umrah. Perform Umrah, especially in Ramadan. <coughs> because to perform Umrah in Ramadan, it's just like performing Umrah in the company of the Prophet ﷺ. You want to perform Umrah in the company of the Prophet ﷺ? Do it in Ramadan. Okay? Also, Nafil, fast. If you want... How many are married among you? Raise your hands. Married. Oh, you are bachelor. Okay. <laughs> are you bachelor? Uh, 
Yes, 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 I've got it. Okay. So the majority are not married. I'm sure they are also there, the majority are not married. Okay? So now, and it's very difficult maybe to get married. And you are living in such a moral environment, right? You see nudity, nudity everywhere. So how to overcome this? How to overcome your desire? These desirous temptations and invitations. How to overcome that? The Prophet ﷺ said that you practice fasting. Observe fasting. Monday, Thursday, or maybe the fast of Dawood ﷺ, David. One day yes, one day no. Until you get married. That's how you, because when your tummy is empty, you will not think of sex. Because you are hungry. So that diminishes, the Prophet ﷺ said, فَإِنَّهُ لَهُ The fasting diminishes and brings down the sexual desire, reduces it. And also, lower your eyes. Lower your gazes, because the eye, okay, when you look, there is a direct, direct link to the heart, and then a link to the private part. Immediately. When you look, your heart will, will be shaken. When your heart will move, then your private part will react. That is how the system works. Who says this? Allah. Who created this system. Allah says, وَقُلْ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ يَغُضُّ مِنْ أَبْصَارِهِمْ وَيَحْفَظُ فُرُوجَهُمْ Tell the believing men to lower their gazes and to protect their private parts. But if you are looking, then you are looking for trouble. You are looking for, for trouble. So fast will diminish and reduce the sexual desire. Also among the things that will expiate and wash away the, away the sins is the ilm, study circles. How many study circles you have in this area? How many? Zero? Okay. There are students of knowledge in front of me now, I'm sure. Okay, or I will force them. Okay? Because I love them. And I'm sure that they will not refuse. To start teaching you. Are you ready to attend? Who's ready to attend? Why hands are down? Hands up. To learn our deen. No one wants to learn the deen? Okay, alhamdulillah. So, and if we increase these study circles, that is the better. To learn the deen. Because when you are in the study circle, you are surrounded by the devils or the angels? Angels. At the end of the study circle, 
All your sins are forgiven. Qumu maghfuran lakum. Qad buddilat sayyatikum hasanat. Get up. All your sins are washed away. And they are substituted with good deeds. Where on earth can you find this? Nowhere. So, go to the study circles. And put in your schedule, in your timetable, that this day, from this time to this time, that is for Allah. This time is allotted for Allah's deen. I will not touch it. It's for Allah's deen. I will switch off the mobile. Anyway, this time, I will not even if my family. They should know. Because maybe your sweetheart, on that day, at that particular time, say, Oh, my husband, we need this urgently. Say, sorry. This is for Allah. No one should touch it. No way. And don't compromise. You have the whole week. And now when it is a study circle, you want me to do this? No way. When I finish the study circle, then I will do the shopping, I do whatever. Okay? You will not die. Okay, we have water at least. Okay? And the Prophet ﷺ, he lived in water for three months. Okay? Always, brothers, engage yourself in the dhikr. Dhikr. La ilaha illallah, subhanallah, alhamdulillah, Allahu akbar, la hawla la quwwata. Keep your tongue busy. You are engaged in the dhikr. So engage your tongue always. Because I'm sure if you are driving alone, you'll be singing. Right? Things will come out. So instead of the singing, you start dhikr. Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, la ilaha illallah, Allahu akbar. Astaghfirullah. Always your tongue is busy in, busy in, the, by the, in the dhikr and that's how your heart will be softened and that's how you can increase your imam. Also, charity works, organizations. If there's any charity organization in your area, try to contribute. Try to contribute. Even if, for instance, you give only one pound a day or half a pound a day, 15 pounds per month, it's nothing. And this you will see it on the day you meet Allah like mountains. And the, everyone will be in the shade of his charity. So if you have charity, this charity will form shade for you. So the more the charity, the more, the bigger the, the shade. And people, the sun is above their heads. And you are in that shade. So you are not sweating, you don't feel anything. So you participate either financially or physically. By helping them. As these, these Muslim organizations, they are helping the Muslims in general. Even if they, these organizations, they have certain, I mean, things or activities or beliefs, you don't agree with them, but th when it comes like orphanage or having the, the, the orphans or sponsoring them, that is, uh, I will not think about what the other things that I disagree with them. But here, this is, we are serving the community, we are serving the Muslims. Also among the things that will 
strengthens the iman and expiates the sin is da'wah. How many are participating in da'wah here? Hands up. One, two, three. That's it? Four, five. How about the rest, brothers? This deen is your responsibility. It is your responsibility. And the only excuse for you to remain living among the kuffar is the da'wah. You are not involved in the da'wah, then you are not excused. Da'wah is our mission. Da'wah is our task. And da'wah washes away the sins and keeps the iman high. So always keep yourself busy in the da'wah. Don't be take a negative stance or attitude. We don't want negative attitudes. Some might say, what can I do? We need you. You don't know your potentiality. You can do a lot of things. We'll tell you what you can do. So just offer yourself. Say, brothers, here I am. Use me. What I can do for Allah's deen. Those who are involved in the da'wah, they tell you, we need this, we need that. We need... There are many things we can do. We can do many things for those Muslims, youth who are lost in drugs. And we can bring them. And I'm sure you know their places, right? And where they go. We have many people who are وَمَنْ أَحْسَنُ قَوْلًا مِمَّنْ دَعَى إِلَى اللَّهِ وَعَمِلَ صَالِحًا وَقَالَ إِنَّنِي مِنَ مُسْلِمِ No one who is better than the da'i, who does good deeds and he calls upon Allah, Allah's deen, to Allah's deen, he say, I am a, a Muslim. And reading the Qur'an every day. Should 15 minutes, 20 minutes, as a start. Every day you read the Quran in the morning and also before you go to sleep. Before you go to the office, say I have to take my daily injection, daily dose. I'm an addict. An addict has to take his injection. So you're an addict to the Quran. So you open the Quran and you read 15 minutes before you leave. Or 10 minutes, whatever. And then you leave the house. And then when you come back, Okay? While you are driving, put the tape. Listen to Hudayfi or Sharem or Sudais. Okay? Because those will pass next to you and you will hear this high five and music. Right? So, you better listen to the Quran. And of course now, MashaAllah, there are tapes, tafsir as well. You know that? Tafsir of the Quran on tapes. So imagine every day you drive for half an hour going, one half an hour coming back. So every day, or one hour, one hour, two hours. So every day you listen to two tapes. A time will come when you become a mufassir, mashallah. Yes, you heard the whole Quran. The whole tafsir of the Quran. And you know this time is dead. It's dead. So you are utilizing it. I told you, and then we are ending up, inshallah. That the father, the grandfather of Sheikh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, ibn Taymiyyah, he grew up in a house of a'imma. 
His mother is a scholar. His father is a scholar. His grandmother, Taymiyyah, is a scholar as well. So his grandfather used to tell his son, because he's always there reading his book always with him. And many of the Salaf scholars, they tell their wives, when you make my food, make it liquidish, in a liquid form. I don't want to chew, because that takes time. Just I want to gulp it, and that's it. So I don't, it doesn't take time. So now, he, the, the, the grandfather of Sheikh al-Islam used to tell his son, my son, when I go to the toilet to defecate, to respond to the call of nature, that time is dead. I don't want it to be dead. I want to use it. How? He said, stand outside and read loudly. Read loudly from the book so I can hear you inside. So I'm, at, at, while I'm defecating, relieving myself, I am also hearing the ilm. We are wasting hours and hours and hours in front of this little shaitan. They're telling, right? Hours and hours we waste. And there are many things also. These are only few as a reminder. And the character. Try to beautify. Beautify yourself with good manners. Have a good character. Try to get rid of all the jahiliya, jahili qualities. Now you are a Muslim. And I'm, all, I'm telling this especially for the brothers who are just, they just came from the shell of the egg. They're very new. Hmm? They are newly starting, crawling toddlers practicing Islam. Okay? So I tell them, be nice to your family. Show them that Islam, practicing Islam, changes you. Makes you another person. Your manners change. The way you talk change. The way you talk to your parents has changed. You address them with title of respect. Before you leave home, you ask them if they need any help, if they need you to do something. And ask them to pray for you. Ask your mother to wake you up for the fajr. These things when they see them, help your mother and your, uh, at home, sweeping the floors, washing the utensils and the place and the kitchen. Do all these things. So that's how you will invade their heart. And you will open it. And you will force them to like Islam. Say, our son has changed has become another person, different person. Not that you go and make their life miserable. Haram, 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 haram. Everything is haram. Everything is bid'ah. Say, what is this? It is better when he was in the nightclubs. <laughs> yes. When he was in the nightclub, that was better. At least we sleep peacefully, but now, headache. <coughs> no, don't use that. That's the wrong approach. Okay? Show them the character that Islam has changed you. And then they will start loving Islam. And accept Islam. And may Allah 
improve my character and your character. May Allah accept our deeds and your deeds. And may Allah forgive us our sins in the past and in the future. Amen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And now inshallah, few few minutes for few questions. Read. I'm an old man, I can't see. Read. <laughs> Oh, you too. You need to decipher. <laughs> you said you cannot um, mention uh, your sins. What about the incident where the man came to the Prophet to confess that he committed zina? Yes, this, uh, of course, you know, that the Prophet, uh, when Ma'iz came and he confessed that he committed zina, the Prophet, when he came to him, he turned his face. And then he came from the other side and he turned his face. The Prophet ﷺ doesn't want to listen to him. And then he came from the front and he said, Purify me, O Prophet of Allah. The Prophet ﷺ asked him, Maybe you just hugged her. Maybe you just kissed her. He said, No, I did what the man does to his wife. Then he asked the people around, Is he okay? Is he alright? Does he know what he's talking about? Because this means... Capital punishment, he will be killed, he will be stoned to death. They said, yes, he's okay. So the Prophet ﷺ then told the Sahaba, take him and stone him. And you know, when we stone, when a person is to be stoned, they dig a hole and they put him in that hole, so he cannot run away. So when they start stoning Ma'az, he, uh, he jumped. And he left and he ran away and they followed him. And they stoned him till they killed him. The Prophet ﷺ said, had I been there, I would have let him to go. Okay? So even, even to come to the Sharia, or to the person who will purify you, it's not recommended. It's not recommended. That this is something between you and Allah, and ask Allah forgiveness, and inshallah Allah will forgive you. Next. <laughs> How does the punishment and repentance differ from major sins and minor sins? How does what? The repentance and the punishment differ from major sins and minor sins. Oh yes, the, uh, the minor sins are washed by these things, like the Salah, okay, Friday to Friday, Ramadan to Ramadan, all these they, they wash only the minor sins. Major sins they should have a specific tawbah. And you know the conditions of the Tawbah, that you regret, regret about the past, and you intend not to go. And also, you, if you uh, wrong anyone, you go to that person and say, please forgive me. These are the conditions. And of course, if you took someone's property, you have to take it, to give it back to him. Is there repentance and forgiveness for someone who sinned while knowing he will be punished? when he was doing this. Is there what? Is there, any, is there repentance or forgiveness for someone who sinned while knowing he would be punished while he was doing the sin? Yes, everyone knows that. And this is for uh, old sinners, they are like that. Okay. But at that time, he is weak. That he knew at the time. He knew, yes, he knew, but he's weak. He couldn't resist. No, leave the essays away. <laughs> Those essays they can send through the email. 
We don't have time for the essays. Can you summarize them? Give them second priority. Anyone? Oral question? Direct? <coughs> Verbal question? No one? Are there any differences in the actions of men's and women's prayer? No, not at all. The salah of both men and women is the same. No difference at all. Yes? Is someone what? Okay. Okay, he, he should try to uh, avoid the things that provoke the incites him. Okay, for instance, if his weakness is women, he should avoid anything that will excite him. He should practice lowering the gazes, not reading, uh, I mean, riba. If he, and he wants to make tawbah? Okay, if he's stuck in a long-term mortgage, at least he should repent and ask Allah forgiveness. Because the bank is not going to forgive him. Okay? <laughs> so he has to clear his debt. But, hey, hey, listen. Now, we know a brother who wants to repent and he wants to clear this uh, riba issue. And someone repented and turned to Allah and he had money from riba. Can we take that money, which is dirty money, and clear the debt of this brother? The answer yes. We take that money and say, this brother, you, you will not do it again. You will not uh, turn to the riba. I say yes. Say, to the bank, take this riba money and clear the record of this man. Okay? Arabic. Okay. Yes. No, not your take. A riba, which is riba, that which is riba. That is the, that is uh, that's my answer. But that person will stop taking riba. But now he he has two options: either to take this money or leave it for the bank. So he will not leave it for the bank. He will take this money and he will clear the debt of someone, and that one also will leave the the riba. Yes, you know, this money, the scholars they say should be spent on the common good. For, for instance, uh, sewer system, toilet papers, things like that. So now this person, he is stuck there, and he wants to turn to Allah, he wants to make tawbah. So we give this riba for the riba, which he has to, he's supposed to, to pay, and he should stop dealing with riba. Yes. Yeah. But I'm not, it's, it, people should not understand that I'm encouraging you to leave your money in the bank, take interest, and then give it. No. You have to stop taking interest, riba, and you should say to the bank, I don't want interest, I don't want riba. Think you have the option, right? You have, you have, you have current account, saving account. Current account, no interest. Yeah, okay, you say, I don't want saving account, I want current account, I don't want riba at all. You have the option. Also, they give you on the current account. Tell them, I don't want anything. You tell them, I don't want anything. 
Why is adoption haram? Yeah, adoption is haram because the Creator said it is haram. Allah said it is. It is haram because that boy or that child is not your real son. He's the son of somebody else. Okay, so that's why you don't adopt. How can you give? And the in Islam, the um, the protection of the lineage, you know, lineage, your ancestry and the tree. That's very very important in Islam. Okay. So that's why the Prophet, the Prophet ﷺ said, "Al-waladu lil-firash wa lil-ahir al-hajar." If there is a woman married and she's messing around, okay, and she got pregnant, this child is a legal child for this husband whom she is married to. Not the child. This child is not the child of the biological father. No, he's the child of this father. Okay. The Prophet ﷺ said, "Al-waladu lil-firash," the child. Belongs to the bed. Metaphorically means to the current marriage. The valid marriage that exists. Right? So because... But of course he is uh, sinful.
<laughs> oh, you too, you need to decipher. <laughs> you said you cannot um, mention uh, your sins. What about the incident where the man came to the Prophet to confess that he committed zina? Yes, this, uh, of course, you know, that the Prophet, uh, when Ma'iz came and he confessed that he committed zina, the Prophet ﷺ, when he came to him, he turned his face. And then he came from the other side and he turned his face. The Prophet ﷺ doesn't want to listen to him. And then he came from the front and he said, Purify me, O Prophet of Allah. The Prophet ﷺ asked him, Maybe you just hugged her. Maybe you just kissed her. He said, No, I did what the man does to his wife. Then he asked the people around, is he okay? Is he alright? Does he know what he's talking about? Because this means capital punishment. He will be killed. He will be stoned to death. They said, yes, he's okay. So the Prophet ﷺ then told the Sahaba, take him and stone him. And you know, when we stone, when a person is to be stoned, they dig a hole and they put him in that hole so he cannot run away. So when they start stoning Ma'az, he, uh, he jumped. And he left and he ran away and they followed him. And they stoned him till they killed him. The Prophet ﷺ said, had I been there, I would have let him to go. Okay? So even, even uh, to come to the Sharia, or to the person who will purify you, it's not recommended. It's not recommended. That this is something between you and Allah, and ask Allah forgiveness, and inshallah Allah will forgive you. Next. <laughs> How does the punishment and repentance differ from major sins and minor sins? How does what? The repentance and the punishment differ from major sins and minor sins. Oh yes, the, uh, the minor sins are washed by these things, like the Salah, okay, Friday to Friday, Ramadan to Ramadan, all these they, they wash only the minor sins. Major sins they should have a specific tawbah. And you know the conditions of the Tawbah, that you regret, regret about the past, and you intend not to go. And also, you, if you uh, wrong anyone, you go to that person and say, please forgive me. These are the conditions. And of course, if you took someone's property, you have to take it, to give it back to him. Is there repentance and forgiveness for someone who sinned while knowing he will be punished? when he was doing this. Is there what? Is there, any, is there repentance or forgiveness for someone who sinned while knowing he would be punished while he was doing the sin? Yes, everyone knows that. And this is for uh, old sinners, they are like that. Okay. But at that time, he is weak. That's the thing that they, he knew at the time. He knew, yes, he knew, but he's weak. He couldn't resist. No, leave the essays away. <laughs> Those essays they can send through the email. We don't have time for the essays. Can you summarize them? Give them second priority. Anyone? Oral question? Direct? Verbal question? No one?
are there any differences in the actions of men's and women's prayer? No, not at all. The salah of both men and women is the same. No difference at all. Yes. Is someone what? Okay. Okay, he, he should try to uh, avoid the things that provoke the insights him. Okay, for instance, if his weakness is women, he should avoid anything that will excite him. He should practice lowering the gazes, not reading, uh, I mean, riba. If he, and he wants to make tawbah? Okay, if he's stuck in long-term mortgage, at least he should repent and ask Allah forgiveness. Because the bank is not going to forgive him. Okay, so he has to clear his debt. But, hey, hey, listen. Now, we know a brother who wants to repent and he wants to clear this uh, riba issue. And someone repented and turned to Allah and he had money from riba. Can we take that money, which is dirty money, and clear the debt of this brother? The answer is yes. We take that money and say, this brother, you, you will not do it again. You will not uh, turn to the riba. I say yes. Say, to the bank, take this riba money and clear the record of this man. Okay? Arabic. Okay. Yes. So that means you can take money? Not your take. A riba, which is riba, but which is riba. That is the, that is uh, that's my answer. But that person will stop taking riba. But now he he has two options: either to take this money or leave it for the bank. So he will not leave it for the bank. He will take this money and he will clear the debt of someone, and that one also will leave the the riba. Yes, you know, this money, the scholars they say should be spent on the common good. For, for instance, uh, sewer system, toilet papers, things like that. So now this person, he is stuck there, and he wants to turn to Allah, he wants to make tawbah. So we give this riba for the riba, which he has to, he's supposed to, to pay, and he should stop dealing with riba. Yes. Yeah. But I'm not, it's, it, people should not understand that I'm encouraging you to leave your money in the bank, take interest, and then give it. No. You have to stop taking interest, riba, and you should say to the bank, I don't want interest, I don't want riba. I think you have the option, right? You have, you have, you have current account, saving account. Current account, no interest. Yeah, okay, you say, I don't want saving account, I want current account, I don't want riba at all. You have the option. Also, they give you on the current account. Tell them, I don't want anything. You tell them, I don't want anything. Why is adoption haram? Yeah, adoption is haram because the Creator said it is haram. Allah said it is. It is haram because that boy or that child is not your real son. He's the son of somebody else. Okay, so that's why you don't adopt. How can you give? And the, in Islam, the, um, the protection of the lineage, you know, lineage, 
your ancestry and the tree. That's very, very important in Islam. Okay? So, that's why the Prophet, the Prophet ﷺ said, الْوَلَدُ لِلْفِرَاجِ وَلِلْعَاهِرَ الْحَجَرِ If there is a woman married and she's messing around, okay, and she got pregnant, this child is a legal child for this husband whom she is married to. Not the child, this child is not the child of the biological father. No, he is the child of this father. Okay? The Prophet ﷺ said, الْوَلَدُ لِلْفِرَاجِ The child belongs to the bed. Metaphorically means to the current marriage. The valid marriage that exists. Okay. So because, but of course she is uh, sinful because she brought a child who is not his child. But the Sharia, because one of the purposes of the Sharia that it covers people's mistakes and errors, and if she repents, that child will be the child of this man, not the biological father. Unless this child the father said, no, he's not my son. Then there is something we call li'an. Both of them, they will ask Allah to curse them. And then this child will not be attributed to him. So adoption is not allowed. But what you can do if you want to have a child, I don't know what you call it here. Okay, either you can take that child, maybe fostering or sponsoring, where you, you, the child will still have the name of his parents, but only taking care of this child. That is permissible. <laughs> but to adopt the child, to give him your name, and when you die, this child, that's, this is haram. To adopt the child, to give you your name, and then the child will inherit you. No. Sorry. What is the best repentance for major sins? That you, you leave the sins, and you intend not to go to them, Okay? And you regret for what you did in the past. And if a fourth condition that if you harm someone or you hurt someone's owner or something, also you ask forgiveness. Or if you took someone's property, you give it back to him. Do only men have nafs or do angels and jinn have nafs? Again? No, the jinn they have nafs. Angels? Uh, angels also, but I mean... Uh, do uh, the question is do if they mean uh, the angels will die also the jinn die the ins die and the angels when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants them to die they die yes and even death at the end of the time will die you know death death itself will die al-maut the, the death itself death which we don't know death will be materialized on the day of judgment. And it will be in the form of a sheep. And it will be slaughtered on an area between the Jannah and the Naf. Those are the short ones. Okay. Take from the long ones. Yes. A Muslim who commits suicide. No, 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 no. Forget it. The uh, Muslim who commits suicide, he is not kafir. He's not a kafir. He's a sinner. And he will not remain in hell forever. He'll be punished. It's up to Allah whether to punish him or not. Let's say someone Muslim now, he jumped from the five stories building or something. So we'll take that body, wash it, bring it to the masjid, pray janazah, bury him in the Muslim graveyard, 
and the family will inherit, etc. Oh, everything. And it's up to Allah. He's not kafir. What's the evidence? The evidence that the person at the time of the Prophet ﷺ killed himself. And the Prophet ﷺ said, Sallu ala sahibikum. Said to the companions, pray in your brother. He didn't pray, but the Sahaba prayed. Had that person been a disbeliever of kafir with the Prophet ﷺ, would he allow the Sahaba to, to conduct Janazah prayer? No. Sallu ala sahibikum. Sallu, sallu, pray upon your brother. So the one Muslim who kills himself, he's not a kafir. He's not a kafir. Of course he committed a grave sin, no doubt, but he's not a kafir. Any question? Yes? The wealth that he gains through haram, he has has to give it out. All of it. Okay, all of it. Even if it's billions of pounds. Yes. Sorry? No. All the sins will be forgiven except the shirk. Shirk. Shirk is unforgivable sin. Is unforgivable sin. If a person died while committing shirk, but if he repented before his death, even the shirk will be forgiven. Okay, brothers, we'll see you insha'Allah in the near future if we remain alive. Until then, Jamallah, Salaamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh.